Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, May 6th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I'm going to talk a bit about the future today, which is something I don't normally do because I like to live in the present and I like to encourage others to do the same. But since in a very real sense, we create our future by the choices we make in the present, I want to look at some of those choices, particularly as it relates to the children in this country. And the reason I'm focusing on the children is because they are in fact the future what we are giving them and supporting them with and encouraging them with are the things that will mold what happens with them tomorrow and the next day and long after those of us who are older are gone. I want to tell you a personal story. I want to tell you then a story about a client this week. And then I want to look at some issues that pertain to all youth nationally. The personal story is I have a daughter who recently was accepted to train as a flight attendant for a major airline. A condition of that employment was that she get the jab. My daughter had COVID in early 2020. She had a serious case of it. She lost her smell and her taste for six months and has about 3,300 times the amount of antibodies that any of these alleged vaccines could give someone. So really pointless for her to go through putting what is fundamentally an experimental pharmaceutical into her body. But nonetheless, despite my efforts to dissuade her, she made her own decision and about two and a half weeks ago got the injection. She's now finishing her first week of training and she's quite sick. She has an upper respiratory infection. And I can't necessarily get my mind off of the fact that Two weeks into the J&J, which is what she got, there are concerns about blood clots. I'm not concerned about her clotting, but I am concerned about the fact that she got the jab and now she's sick. I mind very much that it was a condition of employment. Boosters are not a condition of employment, and they're no longer masking, but they insisted on that jab. It can't be about health. And it can't be about protecting her or anybody else. It has to be about money and politics. The second story is a client of mine, someone I'm coaching, doing life coaching for, called me this week. And her concerns are about her son, who is at a major, well-respected East Coast college. And there are problems. There are problems with kids freaking out emotionally. There are problems with girls being raped on dates. The administration is not only not on top of the social problems, they're not even on top of the academic problems, which is that these kids are routinely dropping out of their courses right before finals because they don't want the final grade they're going to get because they're not getting great grades. And they're not getting great grades because they're complaining about the quality of the education, where the focus is, and basically what support they're not getting in their education. 
Which then leads me to one of the bigger issues about education, which is what we're teaching the children. These programs, these curriculum that are focusing on trans and focusing on gender and children being able to choose in some states, as I spoke about in a prior podcast, children being able to identify as animals in the course of the school day, some of them walking around on all fours. In a few instances, children biting other people because they are behaving like the animals they are identifying with. We also have the whole problem of curriculum in general and on steering these children toward subject matter that is antithetical to the founding of this country. And then we have pornography. We have rampant pornography and we have access to pornography for children, for young adults, for teenagers. Too much access, too much availability, not enough parental or adult caution around it all. I have to believe that that access and that open approach to porn and the open approach to sex with no societal taboos is really evidenced by a comment made by someone this week, a young woman, about the potential decision in reversing Roe v. Wade. She said if they reverse it, it's going to ruin the whole hookup culture. What a strange comment. She, in essence, is saying if you can't get an abortion, you're not going to be able to sleep with everybody you want to sleep with on a moment's notice with no responsibility and no long-term thought about what you're doing because you won't be able to get your abortion. That's really disturbing because the decision, as I've spoken about in a prior podcast, has nothing to do with stopping abortion. The Roe decision is only about the 10th Amendment and the fact that powers not specifically given the federal government in the Constitution are reserved for the states. They're put back on the states. And all this court is saying is that Roe was a bad decision because it gave a federal imprimatur to an issue that can only be determined state by state at the state level. And there will still be states, as I said in my podcast, that will have abortion. So what is the problem? That's not where I'm going in this particular episode. I want to stick with the children. We have sex trafficking at an all-time high, both from our southern border and the fact that the United States is the number one sex trafficking nation in the world. Where is the concern by all of these people who are so concerned about a woman's right to choose? Where is all the concern about the 50 million babies that have been aborted since Roe? There's no concern for the children. If there was concern for the children, my daughter would have had a choice of whether or not to take that jab. If there were concern for the children, you wouldn't have anxious, depressed students at the university level freaking out and girls being date raped at a level that is disturbing. If there was concern about the children, there would be concern about what I didn't mention earlier, which is the leading cause of death between 18 and 42 is overdose, is fentanyl. There would be concern about the children. If there was concern about the children, there would be concern about sex trafficking because it's sex trafficking in minors. If there was concern about the children, there would be concern about the curriculum in schools. There would be concern about exposing second and third graders 
to issues of choosing your gender, identifying with whatever you feel like. I remember when my daughter was growing up and she was about 18 years old. She's 29 now. She was about 18 years old. And I remember seeing at the time a, a psychologist, her last few years of high school, I got divorced and she was seeing a psychologist briefly. And I remember saying to the psychologist, well, she's, it's just not making any sense. She's not thinking rationally. And the psychologist said to me, biologically, developmentally, we don't mature in our brain until we're about 22 to 24 years old. So when we're not logical at 18, it's not just rebellion. There's a biological reason for that. If you can't make a truly logical and rational decision until you're about 22 or 23, what in the world are we doing giving third graders and fourth graders choices about what gender they want to be and then not just playing role-playing that gender, but then beginning medication? and hormone blockers that lead to surgeries that are not reversible. If we cared about the children, we wouldn't be pushing for giving the jab to children who don't have virtually any incidence of COVID statistically. Why are we putting an experimental technology into children? We don't care about the children. And when you don't care about the children, I think about my friend who decades ago, the psychologist who said to me that civilizations that don't protect their children die, that those civilizations aren't around anymore. I think there's an argument that we're a civilization that's not protecting the children. And that's on us because they are truly dependent. They aren't able to make adult decisions for themselves. They're able to make age-appropriate decisions for themselves. And there cannot be a question if whether or not to get an experimental medical technology injected into your body or what to do about a negligent college administration or what to do about sex trafficking or what to do about the curriculum in schools or what to do about excessive exposure to pornography or what to do about gender identification. There can be no doubt that those are not children's decisions. They are adult decisions. We can abdicate responsibility, personal responsibility for a lot of things and we do. And in many ways, the condition that the nation is in at the moment is the result of too many of us abdicating personal responsibility. I've talked about this many times. There are so many things that we have given up personal responsibility for because it's easier, because it's more financially lucrative, because we're too busy, we're too stressed. And the more you give up personal responsibility, the closer you move to being at the whim and the wishes of someone else. Because whenever you give up personal power, there's always going to be someone willing to pick that up for you. Because it's human nature to want to A, grab as much power as you can, and B, to control situations. It's not just A-type personalities who are like that. Fundamentally, we're all like that. Perhaps we can somehow excuse ourselves or justify abdicating personal responsibility for things that impact us because we live the consequences of that abdication. 
We live the consequences of allowing someone else or external circumstances to make decisions that affect our lives for us because we don't want to. But we will not be able to forgive ourselves because there is no justification for, and we will be held accountable by both history and God for abdicating responsibility for the children. In all of the ways that I've mentioned, we are personally responsible. If you have children, for sure. If you're past that age and you have grandchildren and you know what I'm saying to be true, then for you too, personal responsibility. If you have no children, you have personal responsibility for the curriculum in the school district because they're your taxes. It's your hard-earned money that you're turning over to your locality through your real estate taxes, if you own real estate, that are paying the school taxes, that are helping these teachers teach these children things with your money. And if none of that applies, if you have no children and you don't own a home, you're responsible personally for the 50 million, for the 50 million, and for the ones that will come yet. Because people are running around screaming that it's all about a woman's right to choose right up till the last minute. And I would argue that since we now have the science and the technology to know that there's a human heartbeat at six weeks, then there's a human at six weeks. And then it's not all about a woman's right to choose. Because if you've got a human at six weeks and you abort that human, you've murdered human. Abortion isn't the word then, it's murder. And then it's not just about a woman's right to choose because a woman doesn't get a right to choose at the expense of another life. Perhaps in rare instances, there are pregnancies where the only way the mother can live is termination of the pregnancy. It's very rare. Because there's always the option, if the mother can live, have the baby and put it up for adoption. There's no way around terminating something beating with a human heart being anything other than murder. So yes, even if you have no children and you own no real estate and you pay no taxes and you have no influence on what the schools are teaching, you're responsible for murder to the extent that you know what's going on and you're doing nothing about it. We all have an obligation. We have an obligation to life. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about life, and ultimately I'm talking about the children and what their future will look like because we've abdicated personal responsibility for their well-being. And that was precisely our job. It could be our most important job because all of the technology And all of the gains made, whether they're in the stock market or whether they're in acquisitions of other assets, it all means nothing. If what you are heading into is a dysfunctional, dying society, it can happen. It can happen. When you abdicate personal responsibility or you impose artificial and dysfunctional and dystopian values on a culture, to the extent that they do, in fact, abdicate personal responsibility for the children. So what I would say to you is this. This is a great subject for everyone to get involved in, in some way. 
think about what abortion really is and what it really means given the science. You know, you can't have it selectively. You can't say follow the science when it's convenient and ignore the science when it's not. That's not logic. It's not reason. It's the end justifies the means. And that's not America. And it's really not very humane. The science says what it says about human life being detectable at six weeks and perhaps earlier, but definitely at six weeks. We all have an obligation to the children. And what I would say is find a way for you to take personal responsibility for some aspect of what I've spoken about in today's podcast. Just pick one of the many areas in which I've laid out that we've abandoned the children and continue to do so and see if there isn't some way you can have a positive impact at the very least be heard at the very least take a step take an action do something because when enough of us do that will change too like everything else i talk about there's a tipping point you know periodically people in hollywood have made recordings a lot of famous people get together and they make recordings about feed the children or save the children because they're concerned about famine in Africa or they're concerned about the children in Ukraine. And rightfully so. We're all connected. I say there's only one of us. We're all branches on a tree. But like the border, like the analogy of the border that I've spoken about in a prior podcast, if you're protecting Ukraine's borders with U.S. dollars and U.S. military equipment and U.S. surveillance techniques, but you're not protecting the southern border, then you're the person on the airplane putting the child's mask on first when it drops down with the oxygen, and by the time you get yours on, the child has no one to help them any further because you're dead. You didn't make it to get yours on. It's the same thing with Ukraine. And now it's the same thing with the children. It's compassionate and humane to care about children in other countries who are suffering. But we have a great deal of suffering here at home to which we've turned a blind eye. I, for one, don't think we have much more time to make believe that it isn't happening. Figure out how and do something. One voice always makes a difference. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.